Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Vessel Church podcast. Vessel is a Book of Acts church in Baton Rouge, and our mission for this podcast is to equip people to carry the name, spirit, and cross of Christ in our pursuit of Him and His kingdom. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Vessel Church podcast. I'm here again with Mark and Bray, and we are going to continue our mental health podcast. And this one is going to be specifically about trauma. I recommend that if you haven't heard the episode before this, to go and listen at a broad overall view of what mental health is and different coping mechanisms and what it looks like in the church. And um, But this one we feel like is especially important because trauma is something that can heavily impact your life and also be generational. So I'm going to let Mark take the floor. Yeah, so we felt that it would be important to probably start off by talking about why this needs to be a conversation in the first place. Um, And I'll do that, but just give you a brief overview of kind of what my story is and kind of where some of my sources of trauma come from, just to give you an outlook on kind of who I am and how I was built as a person to hopefully help us better understand why this conversation is necessary. So I'm the youngest of nine kids, um, come from a large family, um, (laughs) which made for some pretty eventful days. But we unfortunately lost a a brother in January of 2017. And so that loss kind of triggered a lot of emotions in me that I didn't really understand. Mm -hmm. And later in life, once I got married to this one, um, (laughs) she was able to kind of help me talk through a lot of stuff and probably unknowingly just by nature of what she does help me understand what I was dealing with. Yeah. So that helped out a lot and it, it helped me grow, but also it made me more aware of what trauma actually is. Right. Mm -hmm. If we can pause real fast, yes. Bray, can you share exactly what you do and what um, you're going to end up graduating with just so they can have some background on your knowledge of these topics. Yeah, so um, I will be graduating in December with a master's in counseling with a focus on marriage, couple, and family. Um, I've been in school for a long time, but we are almost to the end of this degree, maybe on to the next one shortly after. (laughs) But as of now, um, so once I apply, I'll be a PLPC, which is a provisional licensed counseling professional. It's a mouthful, but... um, yeah, so trauma is what we talk about on a regular basis because mm-hmm. so many people experience it yeah. and don't know what to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So understanding the background that she has now, she she was able to help me kind of put a label on a lot of what, I've, what I felt and what I dealt with and make me aware. Yeah. And that was important to me because it helped me establish my identity. And I think that's going to be a big word that we're going to need to hang on to and keep in our pockets when we're talking about trauma, Mm -hmm. because it's going to be very, very much centered around identity. Mm -hmm. And so it helped me to understand who I was as an individual to where I could start to process these things and see how all of the stuff that happened in my life and all the things that I was feeling in the world at the time affected me. So we just got out of 2020, which if you weren't around for the summer of 2020, Right. You got some catching up to do. You're probably under a rock. So I, I know you're right. aware, but as an African-American man in Louisiana yeah. and 26 years old, you could say I dealt with some trauma in 2020 with, you know, with situations like George Floyd and situations like Ahmaud Arbery and situations like Breonna Taylor. And so trauma has brought me a very long way and especially understanding trauma. It's brought me a very long way in, in who I am, who God made me to be 
and how I need to process a lot of these situations. Because, I mean, if, if we're honest, and we're going to get into the, the details of what trauma is and, and how we get there here in just a minute, but when you look at those situations, it's very easy to experience a traumatic situation mm-hmm. and react in traumatic ways. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. when you can put yourself in those shoes. Right. And so it, it brings out a lot of trauma. But I think Jesus wants us to have these conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus wants his kids to know who they are. Yeah. yeah. And if we're going to do that, we have to have a very open and honest conversation about the trauma that we've dealt with. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, we'll never understand our true identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the very, very basic level, Jesus wants his kids to know who they are. And if we're going to know who we are, we've got to address the trauma in our lives. Right. I think you mentioned a great point that even though you didn't directly experience that trauma, you identified with it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So can you share a little bit like what that looks like and how you can like have I don't know what the, the correct term is, but like almost secondhand trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's actually right there. But uh, so this will kind of lead us up to the next point, but um, it's called collective trauma. Mm-hmm. So you actually don't have to experience the trauma in order to experience the emotions from the specific okay. event. Um, so watching t- TV and or just watching the news and um, experiencing um, any of the people that you just just name, like George yeah. Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, like just because there were videos on on the internet, you can just look it up and watch these people die. Mm-hmm. Um, that is trauma. Yeah, um, you don't have to experience it. You could literally watch it secondhand, and you now experience the emotions from it. Wow. Um, and that happens every single time you watch it. So let's say we watch the video five times. We've relived that trauma five times now. Wow. Now, I think it may be important to add here, and I want you to pick back up, but kind of to give it a general definition of what trauma is. Mm-hmm. Now, we often think of trauma as the event itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you, you think of something traumatic, you think of a car accident. You think of somebody you know getting a major illness and passing away. You think of a natural disaster, a hurricane, an earthquake. You think of crime. Uh, You think of a major surgery, war, child abuse, neglect. We think of all of these things as trauma. Mm -hmm. Now, trauma isn't necessarily the event. And that's culture shock and anti what we think. Right. But trauma isn't necessarily the event. It's the effect that the event has on us and how we respond to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the trauma comes in in our reaction to the event, Mm -hmm. our reaction to the thing that happened. So, yes, that situation is terrible. It is. But the trauma comes in, especially when it relates to to us, where it's collective or personal, Mm -hmm. it comes in with our reaction. Okay. So if you can pick back up, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was pretty much done. But um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because the... Uh, my mind goes to when you were talking about that, like the diagnosis of PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, Trauma has already happened. The experience has happened, but... It has to be, I think it's like six months to up to a year after the event, you have to be diagnosed with PTSD because you're still experiencing the trauma. You're still experiencing the emotions. You're, you're having nightmares and all those other things. And um, um, normal people can get PTSD. I know it's a stigma that it's just veterans, um, which they do deal with it, the majority, honestly. But um, it's also, it could be everyday life. You just continue to relive the trauma, and you can get PTSD that way. Yeah. 
You can, and it's important too to establish a difference versus, like you were talking about, the collective versus personal, mm-hmm. and how do you, how you experience trauma because that lends to how you recover. Right. It yeah. lends to how you heal. When you experience collective trauma, you're going to heal differently than you will if you experience personal trauma. Because if you experience collective trauma, there's there's a much larger crowd of people who dealt with the same thing, mm-hmm. right. and you have a much larger pool of resources to, that you can go to with people who were actively in that same experience who probably dealt with the same feeling, the same emotion, mm-hmm. and have probably done or taken steps to get better and to start to heal. Mm-hmm. When you deal with personal trauma, it's so much different mm-hmm. because it's so individualistic. Yeah. Right? And so it's a lot harder and it's a lot more nuanced to come in and to heal from personal trauma, but it's doable. Yeah, right. But it's important to make that distinction where, where when you, you have these, you know, like I experienced in 2020 where I had these, you know, these collective traumas from the deaths of unarmed African-American men, I could talk to people who look like me Mm -hmm. and were the same age as me and say, Hey man, how are we going to make it through this? What are you doing? You know, maybe I can pick up something that you're doing to try to, you know, be better and and apply that to myself. But when I look at personal trauma, yes, I can ask for help, but it's, it's, it sometimes seems harder to find resources. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes that we hear this word, thrown around um you say like oh yeah that triggers me or i'm so Mm -hmm. triggered when in reality there are triggers Mm -hmm. for you know like traumatic experiences how how do we start taking triggers seriously versus just you know the trendy word of triggered that's just like loosely thrown around what what does a trigger look like and how do we cope with that that is such a good question (laughs) um (laughs) So I think people nowadays, they just say trigger so much. Um, and I'm trying to think of a better word that that we can use um, because it could be a trigger, but also it could be just like, oh, I remember this. Yeah. Um, without it bringing up the traumatic emotions um, or something that you've already processed. But I think specifically triggers are more like... Um, Let's say you got into a car accident and now every time that you hear squealing tires, um, your mind goes back to that. Like you replay it. You have nightmares about it. You start sweating again and um, you close your eyes and you tense up and your body feels it as well. But um, I think those are more when we talk about the traumatic emotions. I think that's when the triggers start to come in is when it is actually trauma yeah. that, that is causing it. Um and I mean, I feel like there's so many physical symptoms that can come along with that. And I, I, I feel like you're going to name them a little bit later. That's what I was um, going so we'll to ask was, yeah. is like in traumatic experiences, when you're having traumatic emotions, is it frequently experienced with a physical response? So it, yes. it may be good here to talk about how trauma manifests. Yeah. Um, and it, it manifests in, in three major ways. So the first one is going to be an intrusive reactions. And that's going to be your flashbacks where you're kind of brought back to that moment of trauma and how you experienced it mm-hmm. and what how that made you feel. And then you have intrusive recollection to where you can you just keep reliving your trauma, where you can't seem to get out of that rhythm of this is all I think about, this is the only situation I can see myself in. Mm-hmm. So that's your intrusive reactions. Then you have your cognitive reactions. So that's going to be your sleep disturbances where you're tossing and turning and have insomnia, you can't sleep because this is all you're thinking about, um, your anger or aggressive behavior, your lack of of concentration, your Mm -hmm. hyper alertness, um, your self-blame, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. So that's going to be your cognitive reactions, what happens up here in your brain. And then you're going to have your avoidance reactions. So this is going to be your avoidance behavior. So 
if you were in a major car accident, you being afraid to drive and avoiding cars. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you have your emotional numbness where you start to just kind of blank and lose all of your emotion when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. I know people, you know, who were who worked in hospitals during COVID are having some major, major yeah. issues here where they just become numb now to everything that they see. Which wasn't death. that um, a symptom that you brought up last week, last mm -hmm. week about what the, the symptoms of trauma being numbness, like that's one mm -hmm. of the first responses that we start yeah. to notice. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. So you have the emotional numbness, then you have alienation where you don't mm -hmm. want to be with people. You want to isolate yourself. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest red flags that we miss in the church. Right. Mm -hmm. Is when people stop showing up mm -hmm. or when they show up, they sit off by themselves and they don't talk to anyone. Yeah. Right. It's one of the biggest red flags we miss in the church. Mm -hmm. And then you have abuse of alcohol, drugs, or food mm -hmm. when, when mm -hmm. you get to avoidance reactions. And that's that's another way of just isolating or replacing. Yeah. Coping. Right. 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 Placing. And it kind of goes back to the numbness thing. Like okay. if I can't feel it, if I can repress it or... Uh, like take it from my memory repression or if I could suppress it long enough for me to get to the next day or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are definitely coping skills that some unhealthy coping skills that people do, do choose. Um, and then that comes along with even further problems because then, then we have to deal with the addiction. Um, and that's why you see so many, I, I worked in a substance abuse facility for, it was like eight months or so, but, um, Every single woman that came through had trauma in the in the past, um, specifically like childhood trauma that that just was never dealt with, and their coping strategy was drugs and alcohol. Yeah. So not only are we having to deal with the addiction aspect, but we're also having to deal with the root cause. The root cause of trauma. Yeah. And the, the, those are the main things. So when you when you talk about triggers, you could really be looking at any one of those things, mm -hmm. and. It's going to sound bad, and I know it's a very broad answer to your question, but really anything could be a trigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to look so much different from person to person. So if you're triggered by something, I, like, don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> there's right. nothing There's nothing wrong with you. It's right. just you have trauma that needs to be processed. I think but it's identifying the difference. Right. All of us do. Identifying the difference between just using the word to right. use it yep. and also, or, and actually using it to to identify true trauma, right. not yeah. just like, oh, she was mean to me, but like right, trauma. Right. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. Triggered has become very a very trendy word yeah. in the mm -hmm. like, age of 2021 in TikTok where everything is new every four seconds. Like trendy, right. yeah. trendy word is, is now triggered. Like, well, so if somebody's mad, oh, where they're triggered. Right. Yeah. When, well, I also want to point out too, um, so a lot of like, I feel like a lot of people, when they say I'm triggered, like they kind of just laugh it off and like, oh, that triggered me. Whoa. But um, like, honestly, a defense mechanism is humor. Mm -hmm. So when people don't want to deal with it, they just tell a joke. Yeah. So and they actually are triggered. Correct. They're just trying to cover it up with humor. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's a great way to look at it. So where do we see trauma in the Bible? And how does that relate? Really, how does Jesus want to use my trauma? <laughs> Oof. Which which example do you want to go? We talked a little bit off camera about this. Do we want to go like one of the first traumas or do we want to go to the Abraham Hagar trauma? I want you to go with what you feel. Okay. Let's talk about Hagar. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Hagar because I, I think this can help. Yeah. Um, and I'll preface this by saying I'm not a woman, obviously. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going to speak to this from the biblical context that I believe I have and yeah. what I've understood. But I want to preface this 
by very much saying I'm not a woman. I, I, you know, I don't know what some of these emotions that she felt like mm-hmm. were like. Yeah. I want to make that very clear. I'm and not. That's when your empathy comes into play because you have not experienced those emotions, absolutely. but you can still experience the the trauma because you're empathetic. Yes. Yeah. Thank Good you. job. So when when we look at the story of Hagar, you can look at it in Genesis 16 and Genesis 21. There's going to be a couple of things that are important to note about Hagar in the Bible. So generally, just to get some context on how we got to where we where we are in Genesis 16, um, Hagar was taken as a slave from her land and Mm -hmm. she was brought in and she's now serving as Sarah's basically handmaiden. Mm -hmm. So she is working for Sarah, which is Abraham's wife. Sarah was getting old in age and was not able to conceive a child. So Sarah hatches this brilliant plan of let's bring in Hagar and Abraham. You go and lie with her to conceive a child to bring about the promise of God that we want. Now, we often tell that story through the lens of, well, Abraham and Sarah are the good guys here. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the way it's the way that we see it biblically, where we look at it in context and we maybe understand and dig a little deeper may not be that way. And also it goes to show you what happens when you try to rush God's promise. Absolutely. When you try to take control of a situation you're not in control of. Right? Absolutely. It, it never works. Pro tip, don't do it. <laughs> it does not work. Um, but when you look at this in context, and, and we really understand this, Hagar was brought in as a slave. Yeah. So whenever Sarah hatches this idea to, hey, what if we just you just lay with my handmaiden? We often think of this scenario as if Sarah comes in and asks her permission mm-hmm. and says, hey, what do you think about this idea? And Hagar reluctantly agrees. What if she didn't? Yeah. yeah. What if Hagar was a victim of sexual assault? Mm. Yeah. This is extremely traumatic mm-hmm. on top of the trauma of her identity being ripped away from her when she was taken in as a slave. Yeah. So we have one traumatic event. That's now led to another traumatic event where she's potentially a victim of sexual assault mm-hmm. and is forced to bear a child with someone who is not her husband. Yeah. I mean, we got trauma on top of trauma on mm-hmm. top of trauma. Yeah. And not only does that happen, but then she births a son named Ishmael. Mm-hmm. And if we really want to get into the nitty gritty of trauma, we can talk about the generational trauma that Ishmael now had to deal with. Yeah. Because of the trauma that Hagar had to deal with right. from being a victim. And also being taken as a slave and her identity being ripped away from her. Mm-hmm. And so we, they're example after example after example of biblical trauma. But I think it's also very, very important to, to understand. And again, that's a very brief overview of that. I, I, I don't want to get too far in the weeds. I just want to give you a biblical example of where trauma shows up mm-hmm. in probably an unlikely story that we don't often think about. Right. And I'll, I want us to understand that Jesus does not shy away from traumatic people who were hurt in traumatic situations. He uses traumatized people. Yeah. Jesus made provision for Hagar when she was sent away by Sarah in the wilderness. Yeah. An angel met with her. Yeah. Jesus made provision for her. He looked after her, even though she was a victim of trauma. And not even just provision, but gave her a promise that her son would still be the father of a nation. Right. Exactly. He had that promise. Yeah. Now, did the nation turn out okay? Mm, but he was the father of a nation. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that God is is not afraid of your trauma. No. We right. talked about this last week. Bring 
all things to him. There's nothing yes. too big. He can handle it. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes when you've experienced something traumatic, I can't say that I have personally experienced sexual assault, but that is not, that's, you're not too dirty for God to, right. to right. bring redemption to that. Right. There's emotions that you absolutely should process, mm-hmm. yeah. and you should process it with, with the professional. Professional help, absolutely. Yeah. But God is not afraid of your trauma, no matter how dirty it may feel right. or right. seem. Now, I, I think something else that's also important, and I, I'm going to throw this out there, but oftentimes trauma doesn't come with a warning. Right. No, it doesn't. So, <laughs> no, really, it does not. <laughs> it doesn't. It does not come with a warning. And so, it, you know, life would be perfect if we just had like a 10-minute head start on like, yeah. hey, dude, some bad's about to pop off. Some people get that. They're that in tune with the spirit. You know, I'm, I have my days. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah. I, you know, I know Jesus speaks to me, and it ain't always like that. But um, trauma doesn't come with a head start. Right. And so Jesus understood that. And I think... He also understands that when we experience traumatic situations, we're wired to respond in traumatic ways. Right. And so... He designed us this way. Exactly. Yeah, he did. Exactly. And so when, when you experience trauma and then you start to feel some of the emotions of anger mm-hmm. yeah. and some of the emotions of depression and anxiety and some of the emotions of suicidal thoughts, that doesn't mean you're broken. No. Right. No, it right. doesn't. It, it just means you're processing the emotions and the feelings that Jesus gave you. Yeah. So... When we respond to trauma and we have these feelings, as the church, it's very dangerous for us to slap labels on, oh, you're broken. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're broken. Oh, you're broken because you're depressed. You're broken because you're anxious. You're broken because you're, you know, you're, you're having thoughts of suicide. Yeah. When maybe we're just dramatically like, hurt and right. we need help processing. Right. That doesn't mean we've like had this major sin in our life and that Jesus doesn't like us anymore. No. It just means we need help processing the emotions that he gave us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I would dumb it down even more. Like, we need to do it because we're human. Right. Like, we're all going to come to this point of traumatic events and then the trauma that comes along with it. Like, no one is going to be exempt from that. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma is a reality. It is a reality. And God can't heal something that's already whole. Right. Exactly. He didn't come for that. He didn't right. come for that. He came for the hurt and the broken and the people that, you know, the religious at the time didn't want anything to do with. Right. Right. He came for them. So uh, some ways that we can start to process trauma and, you know, start to build a foundation to heal and overcome. Yeah. Um, one of the first tips that, that I talk about, and I heard it a couple years back, and it's it's been a mantra of mine that I've, I've tried to live out on a daily basis um, but you have to embrace the present. Mm-hmm. And I, I use this saying, it's, it's be where your feet are. Yeah. So when you've experienced trauma, anytime you have a actual trigger, um, not just the mm-hmm. trendy word, but <laughs> right. when you have an actual trigger right. and it brings you back to this place of memory, to this place of, of feeling that trauma, it's important to ground yourself right. and to be where your feet are. Yeah. Yeah. And you have some grounding techniques yes. that I think you want to talk about that probably Braze, extremely yes. helpful. Phrase grounding techniques <laughs> have helped me personally when I feel overwhelmed. I love to hear I it. I refer to them. I love it because it, it just makes my heart happy that I'm able to to help somebody in some type of way. Um, so it's actually a whole sheet 
So there's two pieces of paper for it. Um, and, and this is something can we can I link probably it? make yeah, available. Yeah, we can link it. Okay. We'll make it available. Awesome. Perfect. Um, but like the first one, I, th- I feel like the first one's the most popular yeah. one. Um, and I believe that's the one that I mentioned. And it's called the 54321 technique. So it does based off of your senses. So in order to be present, we have to be more aware of our sensations. So right. the five senses of taste, smell, look, feel. Sorry, I have them right in front of me, but I didn't. Let me start that over. See, feel, hear, smell, and taste. So it'll be look around the room and five find five things that you can see um, of a certain pattern or a certain color or um, anything at all, honestly. Um, and then what are four things you can feel? And name them. List them out loud if you need to. Um, go and touch them if you need to. It could be like a fuzzy blanket or, you know, something of some comfort. I have a weighted blanket. Mm-hmm. I cannot sleep without it anymore. That would be one of my four things that I feel because I, I love it very much. It stresses me out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what are three things you can hear? Um, so hear dogs or I can hear myself talking or... Um, I can hear the wind blowing. I can hear the wind blowing. Something along those lines. And again, just saying it out loud. What are two things you can smell? I can smell this fantastic spice chai that I am loving right now. <laughs> um, and again, something else that you can smell. And then one thing that you can taste. Um, normally, it's like gum or yeah. you know the spice chai that I just drank <laughs> that I can still taste in my mouth. Um, but those are that's one of the most popular grounding techniques. Um, and you see it a lot of times with anxiety is when we normally use them. Um, because anxiety brings a lot of illogical thinking yeah. um, and the cognitive distortions. And I know I'm throwing out words, sorry. But um, irrational thoughts of something's going to happen. What's the worst going to happen? Oh, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and in those moments, you have to kind of ground yourself. That's why I love the name of yeah. them. They're so they're so simple, but they take practice in figuring out which one's going to work with which situation. Yeah. One might work better while you're at work or if you're sitting at school and you can't, you know, talk out loud or something. There's some that are like that as well. Um but I I feel like they're so important because it also it makes you present with yourself. Um and you start to focus on your your bodily symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like the the sweating or the numbness or you know all of those things, um, so you become more aware of of your surroundings and of yourself. Yeah, that's good. And I, I think with that, some of the other ways that we can start to process our trauma. Three of the main things that we're going to deal with with trauma are anger, guilt, and fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we can find ways. And, you know, we can we can talk through some ways here in just a minute about how, how we can do this, but find ways to process our anger, confront our guilt and work to overcome our fear. It mm-hmm. would give us a foundation to build on to heal from our trauma. And I say a foundation to build on because healing from trauma is a continual, yes. continual thing. It's yes. not something that will happen overnight. It's going to take work. It's going to take processing. Right. It's going to take many conversations and a whole lot of prayers mm-hmm. and many, many touches from Jesus. Right. That's, I mean, it, it's just going to take that. But if we can start to do that, to process our anger in ways you can do that, it, it's biblical. Be angry and sin not. Anger yeah. is not one of the things that's just going to send you straight to hell and <laughs> it's going to make the, the hell doors bust wide open. You're allowed to be angry, but right. in your anger, don't sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
don't sin to don't be angry to a point to where Satan can get a foothold on you. Right. Yeah. That's extremely important. So process your anger in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Learn to do that. I fish often. <laughs> I've found out that I have a pretty decent golf swing here recently. So yes. I'm about to start going to a driving range and hitting golf balls. And those are ways I can process my anger. But find what that looks like for you. Right. Yeah. Some people draw. Some people mm-hmm. walk. Some people run. Some people exercise. But Journal. process. Yeah. yeah process Journal. your anger. It's a big one. Process your anger in a healthy way. Yeah. It's going to help give you a foundation to start to process your trauma. Mm-hmm. Confronting your guilt. Mm. Guilt is one of the, the biggest things that comes with trauma because we ask ourselves the question, what did I do to deserve it? Yeah, right. Or what did I do wrong? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I, I want to free you from that. Mm. If you're listening, I don't know which camera I'm looking at, but if you're listening, I want to free you from that. Yes. Mm. Because you probably didn't do anything wrong. Right. right. Sometimes trauma happens. It just does. Yeah. Doesn't mean you did anything to deserve it. Right doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean you're hurting. Sometimes trauma just happens. Yeah. It comes with life, and it's the way that God designed it. But if he gave you trauma, he gave you the tools to overcome it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're strong enough to do it. Yeah. So good. So when you ask yourself the question, what did I do to deserve it? Jesus will tell you, but I'm also going to tell you. Nothing. Right. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Give yourself the liberty to free yourself from the guilt. Mm-hmm. Give yourself the keys. Release it. Right. Give yourself the keys. Yeah. You didn't do anything to deserve it. Yeah. And then work to overcome our fear. Yeah. Anytime, some, some of us, and I'm going to say us because I was, I was at a point where I did this. I held on to my trauma because it, it became how I d- identified myself. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid of what my life would look like if I didn't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had to overcome my fear of what life would look like in living healed. Wow. And when you do that, you realize, okay, so there is a life on the other side of trauma Mm -hmm. and it's better than the one I'm living right now. Yeah. Right. I think we were talking about this earlier. I think it it ties back into Jesus on the cross. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Jesus is living this trauma. He, he's literally dying for our sins, but his disciples they're mm-hmm. they're living that. What's the secondhand trauma word again? Uh, collective trauma. They're they're experiencing that collective trauma. They're literally right. witnessing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I mean, we talk about doubting Thomas all the time, and he said, well, "No, like I I don't believe until mm-hmm. until I've seen like I've seen the holes in his hand that he is alive because I right. watched him die. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's traumatic for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And Jesus uses his trauma to heal mm-hmm. his physical trauma is used to heal his collective, Thomas's right. collective yeah. trauma. Right. And God gives us trauma sometimes so that we can help others heal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's, there's been situations in my life that recently I've experienced and I've, I've questioned like, why God? Like, mm-hmm. why, what did I do to deserve this? I'm, I'm here trying to help plant this church. I'm here right. doing, I'm, I'm doing these things for your kingdom. Why me? Mm-hmm. But the body came alongside me and said, you did nothing wrong yeah. mm-hmm. and Jesus loves you. And he, he sometimes allows us to experience these things so we can help others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark, I'm sure you have helped people who have lost siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have helped people who have faced racism mm-hmm. in this society in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 because some people can't just get with it. Yeah. yeah. 
And it, I think what you said is, is true because trauma can be a window of opportunity in a new area of influence. Right. And I think Jesus designs it that way. He never wastes a hurt. Yeah. And so whether intentional or unintentional, whenever trauma happens in our lives, Jesus will take that and he'll say, okay, we're going to use this for good. That's mm-hmm. powerful. And here's an avenue. Here's a window right. of opportunity. Here's a whole group of people to where your only connection with them is the trauma you faced. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go reach them. Right. right. And it makes sense why mm-hmm. we're in the community we're in, right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. God does yeah. all things well. Absolutely. He does. He does. I think all things perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All even, things perfect. Even when we don't see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when we don't understand it. And even when it hurts us. Right. Because right. trauma's not comfortable. <laughs> Nobody no. voluntarily goes through trauma. Right. Without trauma, you wouldn't have your testimony. No. Bottom no, line. True. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think whenever you said for the good, what is the scripture that we always take out of context? Of, um, all things work together. All things yeah. work together for the good of those who are uh, who love loved. the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Thank you, Reverend. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that includes trauma, yeah. right? Like we can say, "Oh, it's not always going to be good," but if we don't talk about the messy, right, the nitty gritty everyday trauma, like, and of course, other things go along with that, but. I think it, it's so important to point out the things that we go through. As you said, like, it can be a testimony. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that may be the only connection that we have with someone else. Right. Right. And really in the age of social media where you get the best of everybody mm-hmm. quickly. Perfection. Yeah. yeah. You get the Perfection, best. Perfection, air quotes. There's air quotes there. Right. You get the best <laughs> of everybody quickly and yeah. it refreshes all the time and you're constantly seeing the best that everybody wants to show you mm-hmm. trauma is something that normally gets swept under the table and nobody likes to talk about right but if we're open and we're honest about our trauma in an avenue or in a setting like that what we're seeing today now is that people will respond to that right mm-hmm. people will like flock to instagram accounts that are just honest honest mm-hmm. and real like, and yeah. unedited yeah. right yeah people are flocking to that so as the as the church we got to take note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We got to take note. Well, they're flocking to it because they have experienced that as well. Yeah. And you're can connected. They're looking yeah. for the identity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So as the church, we got to take note and we start, we have to start asking, asking ourselves, okay, so if we see that there's a response in the world to people responding to open and honest trauma, how can we bring about this conversation in the church? Right. That's why this is happening. Yes, yes. That's that's exactly what we aim to do through avenues such as a podcast about trauma. Yeah. It's okay to talk about it. And we want to draw everybody. Right. We Mm -hmm. want everybody, churched or not, to realize, hey, trauma's a real thing. Mm Yeah. Here's how to process it. Here's what Jesus has to say about it. Yeah. Let's help you. Right. Like, we want to come alongside of you and Mm -hmm. lock arms and walk through this mess with you. Absolutely. Step into the trauma with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody he talked to, they were facing traumatic situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't shy right. away. He got in it with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It leads us to purpose. Jesus proved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His purpose was the cross. Trauma led him all the way to the cross. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so good. This is such needed conversations. And I think it was r- really important that you pointed out, you know, we get perfection 
posted yeah. quick. Yeah. You, know, you just jump on our phone, and there it is. Mm-hmm. And he's not calling us to perfection. He's just calling us to be real, right. to be authentic, and to be totally sold out to his kingdom. And that looks messy sometimes, yeah. and oh, that's yeah. okay. Thankfully, because my life is not perfect. Mine either. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to add, Bray? Um, we'll add the coping skill yes, for please. grounding techniques. Um, and also, uh, last time we kind of pointed on it for a hot second, it won't take long, but self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, so self-care is different than coping skills. I did not specify that last time. But um, self-care is how you maintain Mm-hmm. So it's a maintenance phase. Coping skills are when you're in danger. Yeah, things you're doing when you're moment. when your body's telling you that you're in danger and you need to cope somehow. Um, so anxiety, depression, um, those are the two that that always come to mind. But um, so self care is important as well. Um, I feel like your coping skills and self care are the same. But you use you you're able to use them interchangeably. Yeah. Um, my life's more complicated than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so grounding techniques and so, such like that will help with coping skills. But self care, I mean, I love taking bubble baths. Yeah, I love reading books. I love being outside. That's my self care. When I need people call it what mental health day now. I yeah. think that's mm-hmm. the the coin term. But. Um, yeah, make it a regular thing. Yeah. Don't wait till you're burned out. No. Because at that point, you're it's too late. You're, you're having to cope. You're having to restructure things. So make it a daily thing. Right. Whether it's like a 10-minute walk outside just to get some fresh air. Make it make it a routine. Yeah. yeah. It'll That's help good. in the long run. And use the grounding techniques because they work. I use them on Sunday. <laughs> I'm so glad they worked. <laughs> and for those of you looking for something, I highly recommend fishing. It's fun. <laughs> you probably won't catch me out there. No, me neither. Well, thank you everyone for joining us again on this, about this very important topic known as mental health. Um, I hope we are able to do more specific topics in the future. And if you have any questions that you don't feel like was addressed, please inbox us, email us, write us. We'd love to help. We'd love to share any knowledge that we have with you. You're not in this alone. We're all in this together. And if you ever want to share your story, please. Yes. We want to hear your story. We yes. want to know how, how you were made and how you're dealing with it and how you're processing it. Even you if you're in the light. midst of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. You might be a light. Share yes. your story. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining and we look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us in the Vessel Church podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and also check us out on our Instagram at Vessel Church BR. And then make sure to check us out also on our website at VesselChurchBR.com. Again, thank you for joining us and always be a vessel.